And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Doc Manson. At Doc Manson. That's me! I always ask you deep questions to begin the podcast. Today might be the deepest one of all. In the world, the entire world. Big place. Do you think there are more wheels or more doors? Ah, thank you for asking, DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Um, I don't know. I think I'm going to have to go with doors. I believe that is the correct answer. Is it? I think so. Um, but I have I have seen some not online, but just in in you know on the the late late show with James Corden, and now having asked multiple people at work, I have seen some pretty you know heated debate back and forth. But I do think doors is the answer. Skyscrapers alone, kind of. Yeah, and I mean most things with wheels have doors. Mm-hmm. So like that offsets a good number of wheels, I feel like. But I would say that most things with doors don't have wheels. Yeah. So I think by default. Yeah. Plus, you got to figure, you know, cabinet doors count. It's not just, you know, entryway doors to buildings. Exactly. I'm looking I'm looking at four doors right now in terms of closet doors, and I'm looking at no wheels. I mean, think about it for a second. If you had a sedan, right, you've got equal number of doors as you've got wheels on that vehicle that's a that's a that's a wash in terms of the wheels if you have a hatchback very commonly called a five doors that's yeah. a fifth door on the back there that hatch is a trunk so, a door or is a trunk a gate so. like an entrance like what, what would a trunk be considered I think a, a trunk's just a trunk but it's not because a hatch it is considered a door usually like uh, so I, it's a fine line but I, I think I think like on a hatchback yeah. or on an SUV, those count as doors. But a trunk that's got the folded metal, like I, mm, yeah. not so doorish. People were discussing, you know, semi trucks, eighteen wheelers, which only have usually two doors plus maybe the door to the back of the rig. They were discussing all of the wheels, you know, wheeled tables, wheeling chairs. I suppose I do have wheels in the chair I'm sitting in. I can't see it, but they do exist. Um, parking garages, but again, I think I think it's got to be doors. You can weigh in, friends. Podcast.com. Okay, so you asked me a deep question, and now I'm going to have to ask you a deep question. Yeah. All right, so let's say you wake up in the middle of the night. You've been dead asleep. You wake up, yep. and you see a silhouette of a person standing in the dark corner of your bedroom. Sure. So, Naturally, you turn on the light. Turns out it is a cardboard cutout of Tim Allen. What do you do? Well, the 90s kid in me goes, er? Makes, makes <laughs> I the think home, that's the right answer. Makes the home improvement noise. <laughs> uh, I believe once I've done that, I wake my wife up and go, what the hell are you doing with a Tim Allen cutout? And what if she says, I have never seen this before in my life? That's when things get a little creepy and we start walking around the house with our mag light flashlights ready to bash some <laughs> skulls in. 
Uh, did this happen to you or is this a hypothetical? Just a hypothetical. Okay. Just a hypothetical. I was going to say, you know, there there is a Ryan George. We talk about Ryan George on this show. Um, YouTube, you know, one of his YouTube videos is about how your brain plays tricks on you in the middle of the night. And, you know, he does that thing where he sees a silhouette and it turns out it's just like a coat rack. Um, yeah. But a cardboard cutout. T- what a pull. Tim Allen, of all people. Uh, not Tom um, Arnold, not Richard Kind, who played Al. Can, can I just say also, though, bringing up Ryan George, how happy I am that uh, Pitch Meeting have their is own finally its own channel on YouTube. So I could unsubscribe the unholy, ungodly, ungood S- abomination rant. that is Screen Rant. Yeah. Is that his, or is does he work like... Because I can't imagine he does all that. That has to be other people, right? What, Screen Rant? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's not all him. That's the only good thing on that channel is his stuff. Yeah. The rest I've, of I've tried garbage. I've tried to watch some of the other stuff, and it's it's not good. So, yeah, I, I will actually need to do that on our uh, on our YouTube ourselves because, yeah, we are subscribed to Screen Actually, no, I think I unsubscribed because there was so much. There's like three or four things a day, you know? 17 Garbage. Easter eggs you missed in the Dr. Str- I don't care. No. You have way too much time on your hands if you are going frame by frame through a Dr. Strange movie trailer. It makes me wonder, did Ryan George get back the rights to Screen Rant and now, or did he not have the rights before and then he got back the rights and he started his own channel and now it's just him? Or... Did he get permission from Screen Rant to break it? I, I want to know what that business relationship is there. Because it seems very strange that the quality of stuff, material that he puts out versus the other stuff on that channel, it, it doesn't seem like a good a good match is all. How did that come to be and how did, what, is it, what does that look like? How is that structured? Ryan George, if you'd like to come on the DDT Wrestling oh Podcast. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. <laughs> I know that the, sure the, piece of, the piece of business podcast had Bobby Blaze, journeyman wrestler, enhancement talent, the great Bobby Blaze on. They had a, you know, an interview. I Yeah, we should get Ryan George. That would be fantastic. All right. So I can go with what YouTube.Fandom.com says, but, you know, I don't know if that's true. Apparently he joined them in 2017, hmm. but it is. It is so much better than whatever it is they're doing. Yeah. Uh, how are you? How's life? How's Mr. Um, how's Mr. Oscar? How's the wife? Oscar's good. Wife is good. How about you? Uh, we took a trip yesterday. We're recording on a Thursday. Uh, we took a trip up to uh, the, the woods slightly south and west of the usual woods we go to. Uh, to see some family, got to play with the nephews, four-year-old, five-month-old, uh, both very good. One more annoying than the other. I'll let you guess which one that is. Um, but yeah, good time was had by all. But, I, you know, I don't know about you, Doc, but lo, these last two years of COVID, we don't go out much, and we certainly don't go out after dark. So we left uh, the family residence at 630 and didn't get home till 915 p.m. And we were both 
you know, there was a moment where we were like, maybe we should just like take a nap in the car for a while because driving in the dark at like 8.30 p.m. felt like a real chore. Wow. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that, DC. You know, I, uh, I still do a fair bit of night driving. Lord knows I cannot visit my in-laws without coming home at like 9 p.m. Uh, That's fair. So That's at the very fair. least, there's that. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, we went into a, a restaurant or like a little cafe area for the first time. I think this was the first restaurant I had been in and actually sat down without a mask and, you know, had a bagel. Delish. And, you know, went into some bookstores and, you know, actually like was, was a person out in the world doing things. It has been a while since I have done that. It felt good. I would like to do more of that. Uh, we discussed on the way home that one of the things we want to do is make sure we see you and your lovely wife. So we should. We oh, should, oh. we've been on such a streak. <laughs> nah. yeah, I look forward to it. We should, do we something. should, we should, we should make a plan. Um, doesn't have to involve tall guy. <laughs> <laughs> My wife was like, should we, you know, do you think we should try to get something with, with, you know, Doc and Mrs. and Tall Guy and Mrs.? And I was like, together? Uh," You know. Uh, I mean, I got no problems with Tall Man. I mean. Separately, yes, absolutely. We should see them. But Yeah. I mean, you know. It's all good. I was going to say, I think enough time has passed where. Past since what? Uh, since it wasn't great when the six of us got, no, eight of us got together because there was eight of us. What? I don't even know what you're talking there about. There was a baby and a dog involved. And, you know, the question of prioritizing who is more important, the dog or the baby. And Oh, I don't think there's any question about any of that. <laughs> yeah. But it seemed like there were some icy moments when... Oh, um, when in trying the tall to pre- guy's wife is just a garbage human being. So, I mean, that's that's the, the beginning and end of that. I don't like her and I never will. But beyond that, yeah, I'm fine with tall guy. OK. Oh, OK. So just as long as Mrs. Tall Guy isn't invited, it's fine. Oh, I don't care. I can ignore her. <laughs> OK. Yeah. Come on. I'm not the most stubborn human being you've ever met for no reason. <laughs> Well, I look forward to that because when we get into our March Madness tournament of the and day, fair, we've been, we've all gotten together since the the thing you're even talking about. That's we probably went to true. Lunch at that what that place that I've never been to before, never been back to. It was that was a nice breakfast, whatever that was. Um, okay, on rye or something like that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That's true. We have. We yeah, have gotten together. Got together we have gotten guys. together. I just know there is there's a slight rift. I don't know. There's no know. rift. I just have, have I don't have any time to invest any energy into that. Oh, so it's so it's you you, you think she's a garbage human being. Uh you don't garbage, like her. I mean, you, you don't know, like her, you never is will. A strong term. Let's let's say uh she she's a garbage being, let's say. Although I'm not sure there's enough autonomous thought happening to to really qualify as a being either. But so she's just garbage. Refuse. Um, waste. Perhaps. Waste product. Yeah. Okay. I look. <laughs> now we're definitely going to have to get together as a whole group. 
I'm just playing this up for the radio. I, I honestly don't really have any problem. She's a dear, dear friend, a sweet human being. And I would look forward to basking in her presence. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I am, I am, I, I am quite curious to learn whether she got vaccinated. More than likely, I will text tall guy and never hear back. Nah, he'll, he'll definitely he'll definitely text you back. Uh, okay, let me check my phone as to the last time I texted him and never got a message back. Uh, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. January 29th. I'm waiting for a response from my January 29th message. It's now St. Patrick's Day. Top of the morning to you. That's as much patio furniture as you get. That sounds like completely 100% normal to me. <laughs> like, I don't talk to people. I don't have that kind of friendship. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I texted you and heard back within minutes. That's because we, we, we have a standing appointment where we, we get together and do something. If, if we didn't have this podcast. No, we'd never speak to each other. We understand. That's the only reason this podcast exists. Right. I mean, you know, it's healthy how I treat my friends. And... Totally. Yeah. Totally, totally, totally. <laughs> totally healthy. Uh, shall we go into the, the big wrestling news of the week or shall we go into the March Madness of the week? Where do you want, where do you want to go? What's the big wrestling news of the week? Scott Hall. Oh, Scott Hall passed away. Yeah. Yes. All right. Yeah, that is unfortunate. He was rather young still. Yeah. What? 64 or 54? Um, 64, right? Let me see. I actually don't. I wanted to say it was 63, but I could oh, have that wrong. Could be. Let's see. Scott Hall age. 60. Yeah. 63. 1958 to 2022. Um, it is very young, but considering the life he lived. It's also, I'm not, I'm sad, but not surprised. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely came from a generation of wrestlers where, and it's, again, it, it is sort of sad to not be surprised, but he came from a generation where you know that there was enough stuff going on in the locker rooms and behind the scenes that, yeah, yeah it, it was just, it was a hard lifestyle for a lot of those guys. And yeah. Well, and, and, you know, is. Kevin Nash wrote about it. Bret Hart wrote about it on, you know, the, this was an era, the 90s era when wrestlers were going, you know, 300 days a year was not uncommon to be traveling and working. And, you know, that is a very difficult lifestyle. I can imagine, <clears throat> or maybe I can't considering I went out yesterday and I was out for 14 hours and I'm tired still the day after. So, you know, maybe I can't imagine it, but it feels it feels like that was that was rough. And, you know, it's understandable that some people coped with the the roughness uh, in ways that they probably should not have. But now you you know, were you watching wrestling at the time of Razor Ramon, 92, 93, or were you done by then? Yeah, I definitely watched some Razor Ramon stuff in the early in the early days. I want to say I was around even to see um, the ladder match. Oh, so good. Yeah. So good. So good. Mania 10. Yeah. Some people say the SummerSlam one is better. I disagree, but I think that's just the memory of seeing that ladder match for the first time. Having never seen a ladder match before was 
unbelievable. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. Uh, yeah, but, I definitely appreciated him. I liked the gimmick. I liked the Chico. I liked the toothpick. He was uh, Carlito Caribbean cool before Carlito was cool. You know what I mean? I so. watched the recap. You know, WWE does these great, you know, three minute little recap packages on and seeing some of his early promos. It definitely is a Carlito. You know, that's totally how totally what they were going for. Oh, yeah. One hundred percent. You know, instead of uh, fake diesel or whatever. That's really they re, they redid the fake idea later, but they did it well. I will say, yeah. I think Carlito did it well. But he did, he did, he did. Spitting the apple was kind of a new version of the toothpick. Absolutely, much grosser, but much yeah. grosser. Uh, but yeah, it's it's sad for him and those who loved him, both the ones who knew him and just the fans. Uh, I am glad he was able to get inducted into the Hall of Fame twice. And, you know, be able to kind of enjoy that. He, you know, uh, I've heard that he would show up at the Performance Center from time to time and work with some of the younger people. And I'm glad he had the ability to do that uh, in the, you know, sort of the last years. So, uh, yes, he will be missed the bad guy, Mr. Scott Hall. Uh, Any wrestling watching, you know, Dynamite, Rampage, checking out the fallout from Revolution or what have you. No, no, no wrestling watching at all. Um, you didn't join the Jericho Appreciation Society? Did not. Still not really sure what that is, other than I assume it's just yet another Jericho group. Yeah, pretty so. much. Hooray. <laughs> I'm surprised we've been talking all this time and you haven't talked about Big E yet. You know, the in the... I, I I apologize in the in the wake of Scott Hall passing that information, you know, Biggie's injury. I kind of slipped my mind. I'm sorry to say, yeah, that's another big news. I actually uh, thought that was the big news, but I kind of had forgotten about Scott Hall. But uh, you obviously know, that was important. Biggie's injury, of course, you know, breaking his neck doing a belly to belly suplex on the floor, which is a choice um, by Ridge Holland. Everyone has kind of said not Ridge Holland's fault. It was just one of those things that happens sometimes. Um, you know, he's injured. He was injured. He was tweeting about it. He's apparently already home from the hospital. I haven't heard whether or not, you know, he is like what the timetable is. If he will have, you know, is this a career ending injury? Is this a, you know, he needs nine months to a year and, He'll be back is that like, I don't know, you know, that information sort of disappeared. And I think, again, Scott Hall, the heart attacks, the life support, his passing sort of moved the direction of the, you know, the, the narrative, the control your narrative um, went that way. But yeah, that's, you know, unfortunate for Big E. Yeah. You never want anyone to get injured, especially that seriously. But uh he was I mean, in good- thank God he has a giant neck. That's true. When Brock Lesnar, speaking of WrestleMania, tries the shooting star press, I think it's WrestleMania 19, and lands on his head, like, there, there's a moment where you're like, he's dead. You don't jump like that, turn like that. And he was okay. Like, he wasn't great. But, yeah. you know, again, the, you know, those giant trapezius muscles. They help uh, a lot. They do, apparently. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not a medical professional. I don't know, 
you know, the, the scope of his injury or what it means. I hope he can make a comeback. Although if God forbid, this is it. And he has to be done even for most likely he's fine. I, I mean, I think there'll, there will be a little bit of touch and go as they find out exactly how extensive the injury is. The first couple of vertebra, but the fact that it was, you know, just bone doesn't affect the spinal cord that he won't need surgery. Like there's no, that's insane to me. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Again, he fractured his C one and C six. Yeah. But won't need surgery. No ligament damage, no damage to his spinal cord. Okay. In terms of that injury, you can't ask for a better way of taking it. So yeah, uh, you know, yeah. Good for him, I guess. Yeah, I hope he's. I you know, I hope he makes a a return because that will be great. Uh, but it's it's. And you know, the other thing I I really liked to see, um, and you know, not even the fans. Who cares about the fans? The fans are terrible. Um, but like the outpouring of support, I in the industry for Big E, it seems like dude is legitimately well liked yeah. by all walks of life. Um. It was heartwarming to see the uh, yeah. the outpour for a guy who, by all accounts, seems like an upstanding dude. I understand that there are to to borrow the nickname of Scott Hall. I understand that there are bad guys in wrestling, no matter the era. Uh, I feel like when you compare '90s wrestling to 2010s, 2020s wrestling. It feels to me like wrestlers seem to be more good, nice, at least, you know, the, the outpouring for Brody Lee, the, you know, the outpouring for Big E, um, you know, people seem to really appreciate, like, you know, again, and the Xavier Woods and the New Day and, you know, all of that Mysterio and everything. It seems like, you know, wrestlers seem to be better than they are before. Again, I don't know if that's just the WWE PR machine is better. Mm. And it does seem like there's more it. camaraderie um, behind yeah. the scenes and more friendliness, less competition amongst yeah. folks. You know, you, there was always that, there was that rumor about the Charlotte and Becky, you know, falling out and Charlotte being Charlotte. But I don't know if that was true or if that was just part of the story. Right. Hard to so, say. But yeah. I, I'm grateful for Big E and uh, hope he makes a, you know, a recovery. Uh, Seth Rollins curb stomped a leprechaun. That what I'm seeing? Yeah. Hits the stomp on a leprechaun on the Tonight Show. So make sure you make sure you watch that. All right. So March Madness. <laughs> uh, we did our fruits and vegetables tournament uh, last week's episode. Uh, this week. Uh, you know, whether or not I meant it this way or not, uh, in honor of March 14th, we're talking about pie there. Uh, are you a pie person or a cake person? I'm an equal opportunity person. Okay. No if preference. you put a cake in front of me, I'm going to be all about that cake. You put a pie in front of me, I'm going to be all about that pie. I am not going to be sitting there staring at a pie thinking about cake. I am not going to be sitting there shoveling cake into my mouth thinking about pie. I, uh, you live, I, in, the mo- you live in the moment. You live yes. in the moment. Whatever is presented to me. And I you're will a gracious person. Take advantage. Uh, so I have collected 
32 pies. Okay. And we're going to have ourselves a little tournament. Uh, and I felt it only fair. I reached out to uh, some, some folks, uh, specifically the inner circle. Uh, I needed to hear from a Brit. So I asked Glenn for some ideas on pies, because obviously pie means a slightly different thing over there. Uh, so we have a part of the bracket that is uh, just savory. Uh, and then we get into the sweet pies as well. So if you are ready. I am born ready. Sir, easy. Um, we'll start with the savory just because those were the first ones I did. Uh, our number one seed in the savory part is, of course, the chicken pot pie. It is going up against, I used this word when testing the, uh, the microphone earlier, Spanakopita, the Greek spinach pie. For me, it's that chicken pot pie all day long. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. We have ourselves, I'm calling it a mincemeat pie. It has many different names. The French Canadians call it a tutsier. Um, I think it's just meat pie in, in the UK. We're talking some, some ground beef, some veg inside a flaky crust. How does this differ from an empanada? I'm not sure that it does. Hand pies are a big thing in the UK. Okay. And I feel like, or a Jamaican beef patty or any yeah, of that yeah, yeah. sort. Yeah. Okay. That's what I've uh, got in my head then. Or we have the steak and ale pie, which is actual big pieces of beef in a uh, liquid that has obviously some sort of alcoholic beverage in it covered with a puff pastry or a pastry top. So I would I would equate it similarly to a chicken pot pie, mm. but this would be steak mm. and ale. Again, Glenn insisted it be included in the bracket. I'm going to go with the empanadas. I think so. If only for portability. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking for some variety here, I think. Uh, we have some eclectic ones in this matchup here. Uh, the fish pie, which again, they do fish. They actually top it with egg. Um, which to me is a weird combination, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to choose the other one, whatever the other option is. Well, this one, it leaves more open to the imagination, but this is the wild game pie. Hmm. So as someone who has watched the bake off, you have seen these hand raised pies with like four or five different meats. I've seen boar. I've seen venison, uh, pheasant, Hmm. you know, I'm going to eat a pheasant. So yeah, I went with that wild game pie there for sure. Yeah, as as always, as expected, we are we are three for three uh, in our agreement. This one's a little. I I put in some things here, and in my head, I was like, he's going to argue the validity of some of these entrants. Uh, okay, we have of course the shepherd's pie. Okay, you you sent a picture of some lovely, you know, of a price tag of some lovely shepherd's pie. Served with beef here in America, different in the UK. Or, and this is where I'm going to wonder if you if you question its its validity. Quiche. I think quiche is more a pie than is shepherd's pie. Shepherd's pie has no crust. True. Whereas quiche at least has the bottom pie crust. That is very true. Yeah. So if I was going to obstruct anything. I think it would be the shepherd's pie, despite the fact that it has pie in its name and quiche does not. As always, 
Among the many reasons I love you, and you're going to get a lot of praise in this episode because people have asked for it in the emails. Um, All right. uh, As always, I knew you were going to obstruct. And not only did you do it beautifully, you did it in a way that both surprised (laughs) and delighted me. Because you're absolutely right. A shepherd's pie is beef, veg, potatoes. There's no pie in there at all. No. It's a casserole Um, at this point. At best, yes. Um, I guess maybe the, the one saving grace that you could say is typically it's made in a pie dish. Yeah, but I don't know if that's enough to save it. I don't know that that's necessary. Um, um, what are you going for, Ben? Having, so, despite the fact that shepherd's pie is technically not a pie. I you- actually probably would go for quiche normally. However, okay. however... I have not eaten quiche in some time because I feel as though quiche gives me some rather intense gastrointestinal issues. Sure. So, although I think a good quiche is probably the answer, if I'm going to go with the things that I can actually eat, I'm going to have to choose the shepherd's pie. Okay. When you ate quiche, what was uh, your quiche of choice? Uh, egg. Thank you. You're did welcome. You, did you put anything <laughs> in the egg? Um, Ass. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Manton used to make uh, primarily a quiche with, I think, mostly just spinach in it. Um, and that was good. But I would always prefer... Like to also have uh, bits of bacon in there. Yeah. Um, but that's not a flavor that Mrs. Manson works with in the sure. kitchen. So, sure. Sadly. I could see you going for, I don't know the name of it because again, I don't eat eggs. So, quiche to me, no. But like the cubed ham, the onions, sure. the yep. Swiss cheese. Anything that you might put into an omelet, perhaps? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You could do yeah. that. All right. Little cherry right. tomatoes. Mm, sure. Delish. Sure, sure. Yeah. All right. Well, that takes us out of the savory pie. Thank God. Uh, we'll return for the next round uh, into the sweet pies. Our number one, we have three number one seeds. Uh, some of this is based on uh, feedback. Some of this is based on some slight amount of research into the most popular pies. Uh, the number one seed in this section of the bracket is the blueberry pie. Or a peanut butter pie. So for a peanut butter pie. Yes. That's not, I assume that's like a cream based pie. Yeah, it's, it's like a peanut butter, cream cheese, cool whip. Mixture. Yeah, that's the one I'm taking. Wow. Blueberry pie out in the first round. I uh I'm not a huge berry pie guy. Okay. With maybe wow. one exception, but it it's a valid exception, I think. Okay. We'll see if that pie shows up. Uh our next round is a matchup of two versions of the same fruit pie, one of your favorite fruits, if I remember correctly from our last episode. Ooh. Uh the the first entrant is the banana cream pie. Oh, delicious. And then again, for our friends overseas and our friends of the Bake Off, the Banoffee pie, which I believe is a banana toffee pie. 
Uh, I'm going to go with the banana cream pie all day long. Not a huge toffee fan. All right. Next up, we have the grasshopper pie. Okay. Which is similar to chocolate mint. Yeah. It's, it, it, I would say take the whole idea of a peanut butter pie and replace the peanut butter with mint. And chocolate. So like an Oreo, Oreo crust mm. mint, mint pie. Or the mixed berry pie. Of those two, said, I would take the mixed berry pie. I don't know that I've had a grasshopper pie. I'm intrigued. I have not. I'm imagining like a more solidified shamrock shake on an Oreo crust. That's interesting. I was thinking more like a um, like a like a grasshopper thin mint, you know, uh, uh, yeah. cookie style. Like that a could be Girl Scout cookie style pie. And I don't get me wrong. I, I enjoy a, a thin mint, a grasshopper, the 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 Keebler equivalent. But um, sure. not sure if you want it in a pie. Yeah, I, I think I think if I had a choice, I would. Uh, I would take the mixed berry pie if I saw them both in front of me. So All right. Not blueberry, but mixed berry. Okay. Uh, and then we have the chocolate cream pie or the shoe fly pie. What the hell is that? It's really just a sugar. It's like molasses. It's really just let's make a sugar pie. Honey bunch. Huh. Uh, I guess of the two, I'll take the chocolate cream pie. All right. It's interesting. You didn't ask me about a lot of pies there's a lot of pies missing from what we just talked about we're not done oh i thought you said that was the last of the pies that was the last of that section i have 16 more pies to go through oh my let's go apple okay or apple crumb i'm asking about your crust preference in this one do you want a do you want a actual crust on top or do you want kind of like a crumble sort of cobbler style pie bottom crust in both yeah it's just the top i mean in some ways i wouldn't consider the crumble or the crisp a pie um i mean i even guess it's with, just even with the bottom pie. pie crust what's that it does have the bottom pie crust it does it does but when i think apple pie i'm thinking the lattice work up top sure Ooh. yeah always gotta have some lattice work yeah i think i'm gonna go with the traditional apple pie there I, 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 the, the crumble is, is definitely more convenient to make for sure, yep. but I think I'll go with the apple pie. All right. Uh, the sweet potato pie or, and this might be the one berry exception, a strawberry rhubarb pie. Strawberry rhubarb all day long. That's, yep, that's, that's, that's what I figured. That's the berry exception. Uh, again, these are two versions of the same pie. Pecan. Or chocolate pecan. Pecan. Chocolate is unnecessary in a pecan pie. I'm imagining a shoe fly pie is a pecan pie without the pecans. I'm imagining that as well, and I don't want to eat that. <laughs> it's basically just an abscess tooth waiting to Yeah, happen. I like pecan pie, but... All right. Interesting matchup in this one. Cherry or coconut cream? Hmm... I don't know that I've ever had cherry pie. It's not bad. It's one of those pies that after a couple of bites, you're like, I'm done with this flavor. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of how I, I think I would feel about you need, it. You need a lot of the a la mode. 
If yeah. you have a big scoop of ice cream to go with it, you can, it'll help. Whenever I think about cherry pie, I always think about um, Agent Cooper from Twin Peaks. And it's always made me want to try and love cherry pie, but I haven't. I'm going to go with the coconut cream as a result. All right. Uh, in hindsight, I may have put two of the favorite pies in the same group of eight, and I apologize for that. The key lime pie. Mm. Or a pear pie. Definitely the key lime pie. Yeah. yeah. I've never heard of a pear pie before, but I was like, I need some jobber pie to go against key lime. We'll throw the pear in there. All right. Yep. No, I've never had a pear pie either. So. <clears throat> All right. I'm going to give you a cake now. That's all the pies? No. Oh. But this next one is a cake. Okay. Because it's the Boston cream pie. Okay. Which, if you've seen it, a lot of the times, it's cake. A lot of the times. Not always. Not all the time. No. Not all the time, but a lot of the times. Uh, or the chocolate silk pie, different from the chocolate cream pie. How is it different? In my head, a chocolate cream, I, I suppose a chocolate, I maybe chocolate cream should be chocolate pudding pie. I'm oh. distinguishing between like a chocolate pudding pie with whipped cream on top versus your chocolate mix, yeah. like a chocolate oh. mousse sort of pie. So I have to assume that the last chocolate pie was like a pudding pie. Yeah, that was what probably was that my mistake. Shoe fly pie. <laughs> Okay, it still wins. The chocolate pudding still yeah. wins there. I'll change it to chocolate pudding pie because that is a distinctive. This is the chocolate silk. There's a, I don't know if it's Sarah Lee. No, it's a Marie Callender's chocolate silk pie. That is one of the best desserts. Now, I'm going to have to go with the chocolate silk here. But, I mean, that is, that, that is a tough dis- uh, decision. Tough matchup. Yeah. Tough matchup. The Boston cream pie is quite good. Although my preferred form of intaking those flavors into my body is the Boston cream donut. So I don't feel too guilty. As opposed to an eclair? As opposed to an eclair. We we had some birthday desserts yesterday visiting family, and there was an eclair that was picked specifically for me. And it had been sitting out at room temperature for a few hours. So it was just a mess. Sometimes eclairs... The problem with eclairs is one of two things tends to happen. Either you get it and it's like crunchy, stale, yes. not good. The, the dough itself is yes. not good. Or there's been, it's been sitting out, there's been condensation on it, yep. and the dough has now become th- this, this drippy, oozy, liquidy mess. And that that's also not good. Like I kind of just spooned some of the cream, some of the chocolate, and the top of the eclair, which had not been so sogginated. Yeah, soggy. And, that's the word. Yeah. And that's why I think I prefer the Boston cream pie, because there tends to be no refrigeration associated, yeah. and the donut yeah. remains a donut. You need, you need an eclair fresh out of the fridge. Yeah, for sure. Where there's, there's, some, there's some density to the cream. Like, don't get me wrong. I think a perfect eclair is probably the idealized form of it. But it's very hard to find a perfect eclair. Yeah, but I feel pretty confident when I get a Boston cream donut that it's going to be all right. All right. Strawberry pie. Okay. No rhubarb, just strawberries. Or lemon meringue. Lemon meringue. And then peach pie. Or pumpkin. Pumpkin. Peach pie sucks. 
All right, that completes the first round. Back into the savory chicken pot pie or mincemeat pie? Chicken pot pie. Uh, a wild game pie or shepherd's pie? Shepherd's. Only Peanut because I've never pie. had the wild game pie. Sure. So. I think it'd be good. I think so, too. Take some of that leftover Christmas goose, put it in the pie. Oh, delicious. Peanut butter pie or banana cream? I'm going to go with the banana cream. Mixed berry or chocolate pudding? Mixed berry. Chocolate Apple? pudding, not a favorite. Not a yeah. favorite. No. It's got to be good. Yeah. Apple or strawberry rhubarb? This is difficult. A good apple pie with, you know, a nice helping of cinnamon, mm-hmm. pinch of nutmeg, perhaps. Yes. This is one of my favorite pies. However, mm. amongst my very most favoritest pies is the strawberry rhubarb pie. Yeah, it's good. So I'm going to have to go with strawberry rhubarb, but begrudgingly, apple probably should have made it further. Pecan or coconut cream? Pecan. Key lime or chocolate silk? There was a time in my life where chocolate silk would have gotten the nod. Yeah. However, I think my palate has sort of evolved evolved and and the one thing about a a a chocolate silk pie is i think it would run the danger of hitting my my taste buds and perhaps striking me as too sweet Mm. which is funny coming from the man who you know very quickly chose a pecan pie um but yeah i think i'm gonna go with the key lime pie as a result a pecan pie at least has the nuts, the texture. Like, yeah. it's not just... Correct. You're drinking a bottle of corn syrup. Yeah. What was that pie called? The fly pie? What? Shoe fly. Shoe fly Shoe pie. pie. Never heard of that before. That sounds disgusting. Uh, lemon meringue or pumpkin? Uh, pumpkin, 100%. Yeah. Le- I'm actually not a huge lemon meringue fan. It does have some nostalgia for me. My grandmother mm-hmm. used to always make a uh, lemon meringue pie for Easter growing up. She used yep. to always bring it to Easter. And when I was young, I didn't eat it because no young child likes lemon meringue pie. Sure. It's disgusting. Um, but once I got a little bit older, I, I, I did come to appreciate it. And um, it can be good. Meringue is delicious when properly executed for sure. That, that's the issue. Similarly to one of the other pies we talked Oh, similar to an eclair. Meringue is tricky to get right. It is. But, you know, a pumpkin pie is a pumpkin pie. Sure. And I love pumpkin pie. We are down to the final eight. Chicken pot pie or shepherd's pie? Chicken pot pie. Banana cream? Or mixed berry? Banana cream. Strawberry rhubarb or pecan? Now that's not fair. (laughs) Sorry. 
<laughs> um, those are probably two of my very most favorite pies. Um, combined, of course, with the pumpkin pie. I mean, also those three are probably my favorite pies of all time. I would say, but I will go with here the strawberry rhubarb pie. The thing about strawberry rhubarb is the window for it is exceedingly small. I feel like. Um, rhubarb is only freshly harvested at a very like short period of time around these parts. Yes. So to actually find it in the store and before it's bad and still nice and firm and not floppy and you know able to make a real good pie out of it, like it's it's a narrow window. And so that's my one of the things I always look forward to. Um, you know, in that that spring, early summer sort of time frame so yeah i'm gonna go with the strawberry rhubarb but pecan if i have to choose a pie for christmas it's the pecan pie so sure key lime pie or pumpkin again i feel like you're doing me dirty here but um yeah i'm gonna go with the pumpkin all right i'll i'll change things up usually you go the left side then the right side but you don't even see it so you don't care uh chicken pot pie or strawberry rhubarb Strawberry rhubarb. Banana cream or pumpkin? Pumpkin. There's the final. You just gave it yourself. Strawberry rhubarb or pumpkin pie? They're both delicious. But I will give the nod to strawberry rhubarb with some nice homemade whipped cream dolloped on top. I love that sweet and tart mixed together. The extra sweet... Or if you prefer the a la mode, the, the vanilla ice cream, that would work as well. Um, I love me some strawberry rhubarb pie. Yeah, I I think chicken pot pie is going to win the savory one, no question. Banana cream is going to win the the that part of the bracket. I, key lime's probably going to win for me over pumpkin because I don't like pumpkin pie. Yeah. I, and then I might go with apple. Because, you know, yeah, once or twice a year, I want a good slice of apple pie. So for pie day, 314, our, our principal brought in some pies and there was an apple pie. And I had myself a piece and was like, you know, put it in the microwave for a few seconds. She brought whipped cream, put it in the fridge. She's good. She's good at, you know, she knows what teachers need. Uh, <laughs> it was delicious. Yeah. But yeah, I, I key lime pie might win for me. Kill um, pie is quite good. So, although chicken pot pie also good. Although All right. I will say there yes. were no cheesecakes. That was on the list. So I wound up with like 36 pies and 32 is a perfect bracket number. I did have cheesecake on the list up until the very end. I do feel um, like key lime pie is more of a cheesecake, even though it's not. But yeah. Yeah. Key lime pie is one of those things that I need to plan when I'm eating it and then the next 12 to 24 hours after. <laughs> Fair enough. I will All say right. again, a good raspberry drizzle on that key lime pie is yeah. very good. Yeah. All right. So if you know your way to Doc Manson's heart there, everyone, strawberry rhubarb pie. Uh, anything else for the good of the order before we head into our emails. We have at least seven of them. I think it's time to head on over to podcast at DDT Wrestling.com. 
Our first email comes from Jeffrey, who, as we all know, does not have Twitter. Episode 311. Hello, guys. Sorry I missed the email this past week. Getting back from vacation and back into the swing of things has been a challenge. And now tonight, Saturday, we lose an hour's sleep. Not happy. Wanted to touch base on a couple of things from last week's episode. Pineapple would have won my bracket. Speaking of brackets, do you guys do NCAA brackets at work? I know the official answer is no, but also the pie bracket you spoke of? The apple raspberry pie from Morning Glory Farm on the Vineyard has to make the final four. I mean, I've never had that pie, but it sounds pretty good, I will say. Um, did you know combo. Linda Jeans is closed right now on what? the Vineyard? I don't know what that is. Uh, they are redoing Circuit Avenue so you can parallel park now. What a disaster that's going to be. Will you be uh, coming to the vineyard this summer? If so, we should meet up for a drink or two or an apple fritter from the back door. It was cool to hear you guys speak of the vineyard on the episode. I think an 80 show bracket would be fun. I agree. My only rule is that it had to debut in the 80s and it could have run into the 90s. My final four, Growing Pains, Family Ties, Who's the Boss?, married with children how about yours thanks jeffrey from massachusetts who doesn't have a twitter sent for my iphone um wow lots to take in there uh i don't know what an ncaa is i assume it's some sort of battery and it just doesn't <laughs> seem like the sort of thing that you would make a bracket about you put you no you put you need a bracket to hold the battery in place so you can power the thing oh makes sense oh, okay. okay uh no there is no March Madness brackets. Uh, we did. There were a couple of years where I had, I would go through the teams and pick out the mascots. And I made the kids vote depending on how much they liked the mascots, which was always fun because the dog, it was just the final four was just all dogs. <laughs> um, if only you'd done that for hockey, I'm sure Gritty would have made it. But yes, well, and so you just heard our pie bracket. Uh, oh, God. So have we taken you to the vineyard? I have never been to the vineyard. In, okay. That's not true. I went to the vineyard once as a child. I went on a bus tour, and I saw the grave of John Belushi. That's all I remember. Fair enough. Um, so the, the town of Oak Bluffs, the main road is Circuit Avenue. That's where 90% of all the good stuff uh, in Oak Bluffs is, I think. Um, and we usually stay in a hotel right off of that area. So, you know, every day, multiple times a day, you're just kind of walking up, go to this restaurant, go to that restaurant. Um, so the idea that they're redoing it so you can parallel park, that's, that is not going to be fun. Because that it's difficult to park there, for sure. But that Parallel parking... Like any place where traffic is extensive. Yeah. It's never well, it's a, a good time. It's a one-way street. Like, you can only go up. Um, well, that's annoying to me because we are going to be there at some point. Uh, and, you know, if a lot of those things are closed, that's going to make our trip much less fun. So we're going to have to look into that. Uh, all right. Otherwise, I can, I can put an 80s show together. I, I, maybe next week we'll do an eighties, an eighties tournament. My only rule had to debut in the eighties. We'll see. We'll see what turn what shows I can come up with there. All right. Uh, so yeah. So stay tuned. We won't answer your question until next week when we get that tournament going. Rachel, I spent will the say, weekend. If it weren't yes. for the debut during the eighties, um, my final four would definitely have Three's Company in it. 
but I, again, that started I, in the seventies. Well, and and to me, my definition of what makes an eighties show is the bulk of its run has to be in the eighties. So a show that starts seventy nine through eighty six is to me an eighties show. So I'll have to do. I'll do some. Uh, I'll do some due diligence. Uh, we're moving from the eighties to the nineties because our good friend Rachel spent some time uh, flashing back to the nineties, and she's checking in with nineties con. Greetings! I've just returned after being transported in time back to the nineties after a whirlwind day of meeting celebrities that I grew up with, most whom I never thought I'd ever meet. Christopher Lloyd, anyone? I am truly grateful for the opportunity to forget about life and do fun things like this. Doc, next time, I'll make sure to tell Kimmy Gibbler you say hi. Her line was super long all day. I am on Team Kimmy. I remain on Team Kimmy Gibbler, and I will take that to my grave. Uh, So my question for you both would be, when you think back to the 90s, what were your favorite TV shows, music, fashion trends? What are some things from the 90s you'd never want to hear about or see again? For me, it was Boy Meets World and Sabrina, Backstreet Boys, Chokers, and Scrunchies. Backstreet's back, all right, Rachel. Um, wait, I'm confused, Rachel. So, so she doesn't want to. She doesn't want to see or hear Boy Meets World, Sabrina, and the Backstreet Boys that's, again. That's what I'm wondering: is where the break is she? Does she does she like Chokers and Scrunchies, or are those the things she never wants to hear or see again? I don't. I'm sort of confused on that. I feel like chokers are a thing still, but now they've got other things. So I'm okay with the choker. I'm okay with it. Just putting it out there. Mrs. Manson, if you're listening, I'm okay with it. Collar? Are you referring to a collar? No, I'm referring to a choker. Okay. I did just meet her, though. Anyways. Um... The 90s to me are Jim Carrey. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like sit, sitting on a sitting on a bus just doing as many lines from Ace Ventura as I can remember because you know that was middle school to me was Ace Ventura the Mask Dumb and Dumber. Um I think of the 90s and I think of like Hey Dude all that guts. But like I'm not sure yeah, Hey Dude started in 89, so by Jeremy's rules, you couldn't count it. Jeffries. That, that's what I was, yeah. What'd I say? Jeremy. Ah, we'll get to Jeffrey. his email. Yeah, Jeffrey. Uh, sorry about that, Jeffrey and Jeremy. I don't know which one of you should be feeling most offended, but yeah. Yeah, Nickelodeon, all those shows on Nickelodeon, and as you said, Jim Carrey, for sure. Yep. Um, all those things. I don't feel like Christopher Lloyd, to me, screams 90s. To me, he's no. more 80s. But, yes. But. Yeah, I don't know. Like, what did Back to the Future 3 come out in the 90s? Yeah, maybe. But I feel like the others had to have been in the 80s, right? Even Part part 2 must have been. Yeah. No, later you know, than 80s. You, you could talk your, your TGIF shows, but those might also be 80s. You know, Your Family Matters, Your Full House. That, that's an, I know that's a 90s show, but it may have started in 88. Back to the Future 2 was 89. Okay. Right. Yeah. All right. So I guess technically, but th- those conventions, you know, I'm glad Rachel had a good time, but it's, you know, they had like the kids from Mrs. Doubtfire, everyone. They're here. Yeah. I um, All the Lawrence brothers. <laughs> I, 
when I was in high school, high school, I think it was high school. I I got really deep into the Evil Dead trilogy. Like, sure, I really liked those movies. And the thing that I, you know I think I loved the most about them at that time was the idea that some people had just sort of people who had just been making home movies their whole lives got together, went into the woods, and made a freaking movie. And I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot more to it than that, but. Um, I think that's what I loved about the idea of it when I was in high school. And, you know, so I got way deep into Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell and so on. And so Bruce Campbell around that time wrote a book, his first book. He's written several books now, but uh, that first book was If Chins Could Kill, Confessions of a B-Movie Actor. It was sort of a, you know, autobiographical story of his early career. And it was a great book. I enjoyed it. And he was doing a, a meet and greet, a book signing, where he was also screening a, 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 like a, a documentary about fans. And I went to go see that with a bunch of friends, like-minded, you know, um, enjoyers of the work. And I was so excited to go to this thing to meet Bruce Campbell. And, you know, it was really great. I, I watched the film. He, was, he gave a little talk. He was the coolest guy. I stood in line so I could, you know, get up there to get my book signed by him. And I did. I did get the book signed, um, you know. And I just remember, you know, going up to him. And at this point in time, you know, this dude was my hero. You know what I mean? Like, really cool leading actor in these B movies that I just absolutely adored. Um, Seems super relatable, that sort of thing. And I I remember I went up to him before I could even say anything. He said, Hey man, that's a really cool shirt. Where'd you get that? And of course I just started babbling about the shirt I was wearing and where I'd gotten it. You know what I mean? And I was talking about the shirt and he's like, okay, now let's take the picture. And I'm still talking about the stupid shirt because that was the thing that he asked me about. And before (laughs) I know it, it's over. I'm done. My book is signed. I'm off the stage. I've got my Polaroid and it's over. And, you know, I still had that high, that elation of having just met this guy. And that was really cool. And I sat down because like my friends are still in line and I'm looking at the book and I'm looking at the signature and I'm basking in the glory of it. Yeah. And, you know, I'm paying attention. I'm, I'm not really paying attention. I, I was too nervous before, but as I, I'm sort of like looking back and I'm like, again, looking at my friends and the next person after me was a girl and he said something different to her. But the next guy person that went up there, I noticed the first thing he did was say, hey, I like your shirt. Where'd you get that? And then I just started noticing that he did that with every single guy that came up to that table. He he was redirecting the conversation away from himself. You know, yeah. I, I don't blame him necessarily. You've got these fan boys and girls who just want to, you know, shower you in ador, ador, adoration or, or whatever. But then I, I realized in that moment, I realized, huh, like this doesn't have any meaning for him. Like the meaning that it had for me or I thought it had for me up to that moment 
wasn't there. And of course it wasn't there. What was I expecting? Like, think looking back on this, like, of course, it's just a job to them. It's a book signing. It's a place to go to sell books and earn money. And, you know, the more that you can keep the conversation on the other person, you don't have to actually, it makes your job easier, right? Like, I get it. And so I don't hold that against him. But ever since then, I just have been way more gun shy about meeting my heroes because again, they don't mean it. I don't mean anything to them. No. And I never would, would, I never should. Like I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not, like, I'm not saying that as a slight, but I just, I, I have trouble with those sorts of celebrity meet and greet things. I just, they don't sit in my brain because of that experience. You and I, and GQ went and saw Mick Foley. And we watched his stage show, which was very good. And then afterwards, he has the line. And I wrote about this, I think, back when Number Two Contenders was still a blog that we did. Um, You know, watching this man try to get the credit card reader to work in his iPhone, and he's putting out the pictures. and, And I bought a picture. I've got it signed. Like it's, you know, it's in a drawer somewhere. Um, but watching this guy, and I was not a huge Mick Foley fan, uh, but I certainly watched and appreciated him. And, you know, watching him try to, you know, arrange his wares to sell bummed me out. And, you know, GQ got a picture. I don't remember if you got a picture, but I was like, I don't need a picture with old Mick Foley. Not necessary. I'm I'm very good watching. I'll take the picture for you. I'm good. I'm I'm you know. And so to me, I love that Rachel loves this. But oh to yeah, me, me too. I don't mean to say that in any sort of judgmental way. I I would enjoy like I think if I could go to a '90s convention for free and walk and just be like, hey, you're Eddie Winslow. Like, and just be like, hey, there's Eddie Winslow. Hey, there's that girl from the Power Rangers. But I don't think I'd wait in the line. I was just I'd I was just talking to Mrs. Manson about this, and it probably was spurred somewhat with Rachel's recent going out. You know, I I, I would like to go to like a horror movie convention, but like I sure. I don't want to go for the like for the convention aspect. Like I don't I don't want to go meet Robert England or Kane Hodder no. or any like I, I would want to go more to like a film. Fe- I want I would want a film festival. I want to go somewhere where like there are independent films that haven't yep. gotten wide release, that haven't been picked up, they're just being screened, and I could enjoy them in a crowd of people who are you know predisposed to liking yep. the same thing and having that social experience. Like that's I think that's what I think I would like to do at this point in my life. But. There was a there was a wrestling convention in Providence. The New Age Insiders were going. They asked if I wanted to go. I I looked into it. I thought about it. We might have talked about it at some point. And then I was like, uh, I don't want to go watch the Virgil table. Yeah, right. I don't need to go meet Brutus Beefcake. Like, you know, if I got the chance to meet William Regal, I would certainly take I would take that opportunity. But what am I going to say to William Regal that he has not heard before? You're my favorite wrestler. I'm sure he's heard that. You are the greatest, you know, you have the greatest facial expressions next to Vince McMahon I've ever seen in a wrestling ring. Like, I I don't need to tell him my story. Right. (laughs) 
I, cre- I created my podcast persona based a lot on your real name. That's just creepy. <laughs> so like, what do I, what do I say? You know, I'd watch him talk. Like if he was doing one of those spoken word tours that I could go watch like a, like a, like a Mick Foley stage show, a William Regal stage show. I'd pay lots of money to see that and then probably skip the line and go home. But that, again, that's just me and the way my brain, my brain works. Uh, I thought it was cool. I did enjoy looking at the lineup of who was going to be at the 90s convention. Yeah, yeah. Because, again, that, that to me was the nostalgia. Oh, they got, look at those, all those people from Family Matters that are still, you know, going to these things. They don't have anything else to do. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure they get paid a pretty penny by the end of it. So, probably. All right. Thank you, Rachel. Our next email comes from Brent at a work in progress. This subject line is a work in progress. Clever. Hello, friends. Probably an unpopular opinion here, but I'm not a fan of corned beef and cabbage. And I was wondering how my friends at DDT Wrestling feel about corned beef and cabbage since it's St. Patrick's Day this week and everyone seems to love that stuff. I do, however, love green beer. Hope y'all have a great weekend. You too. Uh, I don't love corned beef and cabbage. I would much rather have pastrami and a vinegary slaw. But I'll eat it if you put it in front of me, especially if you want to hash that baby up. I had some corned beef last night and today. Uh, I don't make the cabbage. I just have uh, potatoes and uh, maybe some carrots with it. Yep. I'm not a big fan of the cabbage. That was never my thing. But the corned beef, I enjoy having precisely once a year. And that is it. Let me ask you a question, DC. Please do. What is corned beef? It's beef that has been corned. But what does that mean? How does one Uh, corn beef? Are there corn cows out there? Are there cows that have been corned? And when you take the beef from them, that is corned beef? I know the answer is no. But what what exactly is it? Are you actually asking? what, What exactly is corned beef? Um, it is a, it is a way of treating beef and I believe it has to do because corned beef is salty, is it not? Very salty. I mean, I imagine that's what the pink is. I believe it is salt crusted. And I think that in ye olden times, a, a large hunk of salt was known as a corn. So in order to mm. corn beef, you would crust it in this big salt and then let it cure and then you would have your corned beef but it's salted beef yeah it's funny though can i tell you when you do if they go ahead if they said salted beef i'd eat more (laughs) well you know salted beef just makes me think of beef jerky which really is essentially what it is um but it hasn't been dried really um although when you when you do finish the corned beef like these days they give you a packet of spices you know anise and uh, whatever else yeah, that has nothing to do with the corning process, though. That's just the finishing, right? I believe so. I think now corned beef has kind of become a cured, brined, yeah, beef. Yeah, because you you know a lot of people don't do the pink because of the nitrates, nitrites, whatever the you know. So they just it's just brown, which isn't as exciting, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I do remember a food show of some type in which learning the, the history of the corned beef. 
So it has to do with the size salt that they put on it. Okay. I believe Glenn can potentially answer that. Uh, Our next comes from Nate with the weekly, weekly email. Hello, DC and Doc. I hope you both are doing well on this fine day. Sometimes I don't know what to say and hope you don't mind long emails. This is not a long email, Nate. If I was, if it were, I would not be reading it. Work is getting crazy for me coming up on our fiscal year end. As we draw closer to WrestleMania KM, getting more excited for it, even though what is, what is that KM? I'm I think he meant I'm getting excited Uh, for it. uh, Getting more excited for it, even though I'm not really excited about any matches. I just have a few questions for you guys this week that don't have much to do with much. Do you think AEW uses blood too much? Does it ever take you out of the match? I think they do, and it does sometimes for me. Doc, Um, your thoughts? I think that wrestling got entirely too sanitized over the course of the last 15 years in the WWE. So I am happy to see the return of blood where it makes sense and when a, where appropriate. As a physical sport, I think it is a tool that can appropriately be applied and used. That can I- said... Thank you. No, don't finish. <laughs> that said, does AEW use blood too much? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think they could have saved even this last pay-per-view revolution. There was a couple of different matches that were. That was what I, that was what I was going to ask. Blood fests, right? Yeah. And I don't think all those matches had to be that. I, I think if they had stuck with the dog collar match being bloody and even that one, I think they could have toned I, down the blood. Um, I don't think Moxley and Daniel Bryan needed it until, of course, in the buildup where the whole point where the whole thing was, we can't team together if we haven't bled together. Like it was obvious they were going to bleed, but like, yeah, it yeah, didn't it need dumb. to happen like that. They, those two matches didn't need to be like that on the same show. I would have preferred to have seen Moxley and Daniels like have more of a straight up match. Yeah. And, you know, if somebody and if, if they wanted it to be a first blood match where the first person bleeding lost the match and the match was instantly over again, that would have been I think would have been better than what we actually got. I just I think it needs to be a blow off to a grudge. It does. I, I don't know. Again, it's a tool that can be used right. I do think they use it too much. And yes, I think at times it can take you out of a match. So I don't think you're alone on that at all. One hundred percent. Uh, what are your favorite Marvel movies and characters, DC? Well, the characters, uh, if we take it out of the movies, X-Men. Um, I'm assuming he's meaning the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I would encourage you to check out The Joy of Booking, in which I rank all the Marvel movies over this couple of episodes. Um not, of course, that I'm going to remember what my number one was now. <laughs> uh, oh, I, it was probably, you know, the Marvel movies. I enjoyed uh, the first 70% of Civil War a whole hell of a lot. Um, you know, all the team-up movies are good. Uh, Shang-Chi was very good, I thought. Um, Who's your favorite side character from a Marvel movie? Not somebody who's had the movie named after them. Okay. A side character. I would accept like Agent Coulson 
even though he's the main character of Agents of Shield, I guess. But I was still yeah, but that, that doesn't that. Sh- I enjoyed the first few years of that show, even though I wish it had tied more into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He's a very good choice. Um, Nick Fury, I would consider a side character mm-hmm. up until, you know, maybe Winter Soldier, also one of my top movies. Uh, Wong is pretty good in his limited uh, appearances. Wong um, is the guy from Dr. Strange. Str- yeah. In the comics, he's Doctor Strange's butler assistant, you know. Um, in the movies, he's more of just another mystic wizard um, friend. Yeah. Uh, I enjoy the scientist from Thor, not Natalie Portman. I don't remember his name. Oh, and he's guy. in Avengers. Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty good. He was in uh, Goodwill Hunting. Um, yeah. I would say those those were good. Right. What about you? Yeah, I don't know. Agent Coulson, probably. Happy, I like as well. Yeah. yeah. Agent Coulson's great in, you know, in that first Avengers movie where he tells Black Widow that Hawkeye's been compromised and she's beating people and he's just on the phone kind of like. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's dating a flautist. I didn't even finish the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I just thought it was bad. But the first I we enjoyed the first couple of seasons. We watched it and then they clearly once they started involving Terragenesis and the Inhumans, part of me really enjoyed that. And then the Inhumans show was terrible. And at, it, right after that, I was like, I'm not getting as much enjoyment out of this. You're introducing a whole bunch of new characters and. So, I enjoyed the uh, side lady character, I forget her name, from the Iron Fist show. Colleen Wing? Yeah. She was way be- the best way part better. of that show. Oh, my God. For sure. Yeah. For sure, for sure. I, I enjoyed Foggy Nelson. Foggy was great. Yep. Daredevil. Um, Those shows just recently you, resurfaced on Disney+. Plus. So Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if, if you want to count the Deadpool movies... Oh. As someone who Col- Colossus is perhaps my favorite, but him and Negasonic Teenage Warhead and Yukio are all hilarious. Yeah, very, really, really good ad- adaptation of Colossus in those movies. Yes, and I I marked out hard in X two when Colossus first medals up, and that's not even a good version. He's a teenager; he doesn't have an accent like. That was not Colossus, but I still lost my mind because Colossus is, I think, my favorite of the heroes. Yeah. Um, Doc, have you seen The Lighthouse? I have. If not, he highly recommends it. Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what that one is. Very good. Very, very good. Have you seen The Batman? No. (laughs) Uh, From what I've heard, not necessarily very, very good. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's open to interpretation as all these movies. Are, I'm sure it's but. fine, but I'm like, I'm not, I'm not clamoring to watch a three-hour-long Batman movie. I'm just not. No. Yeah. Uh, sent from his Minnesotan heart, Nate. We love that you email. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Our next email comes from Glenn, the bestest of the besties, Sweeney Todd. We were just talking about meat pies. Sent from Mail for Windows. Hi guys, just a quick question this week. With all the talk of pies, would you buy a meat pie from a shop situated next door to a barber's shop? Thanks, as always, Glenn. If Helena Bonham Carter worked in the shop, absolutely. 
Um, if it was just next to the barbershop, yes. If the barbershop was the floor above the, the pod, oh, I, I think that would Very true. That would cause me some pause. These are my friends. See how they glisten. I thought that movie was very strange because they cut a lot of the ballads um, from the actual show. Interesting. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen. I've never seen the play. I think I only saw the movie. Anyways. Anyways. But yeah. State sponsored shenanigans. The other half of the piece of business podcast, Jeremy. So in June, the shoot job is sending me to New Orleans for a conference. Not my first rodeo as far as going on these trips goes. So I know as is per usual standard business around here, I'll be getting a daily food allowance. Look, that's their mistake, not mine. I can pack a loaf of bread and some peanut butter and be just fine. So what if I turn my food allowance into dollar bills and distribute them among the needy? I'm not here to cast aspirations on the working girls of the world. Cinnamon and Moonbeam need to make a living, too. Surely each of you men have been sent on professional excursions over the years. Wondering if you have a good story of being up to any state sponsored shenanigans while you were, quote, unquote, working. Making it rain, Jeremy. What happened to your arm? You burned yourself? <sighs> I fell. What? I know. I, f- I fell uh, down the stairs, actually, here. Um, and like we have carpet second on the floor stairs. To first, second, second floor to first floor? Technically, stairs? yes. Those Jesus. stairs. I didn't okay. fall all the way. I really only, like, slipped and caught myself. I didn't, like, fall down the stairs. Okay. But when I fell, I... Um, I, my el- my my forearm came down on the handrail, and Ugh. all my body weight basically pushed my forearm ac- along the handrail as I was falling, and it burned. Ah, it burned yeah. my forearm, and I lost like all the skin there. It's it's really a burn. Like it's a, it's a. I guess it's technically a rug burn, but it's it's a burn. Yeah, it took yeah. off all the skin. It's been. I've had to have it bandaged up for most of the week, but I'm just letting it breathe right now because all the skin is gone. It's oozy Ugh. and wet and disgusting. I'm sure you really wanted to hear all about that. No, I I, I was concerned. Yeah, it's like it makes me very glad. It's, it makes me very glad that we oh we don't have stairs. We have a one floor apartment. Yeah, because <laughs> I got to be more you know, careful. You carpeted stairs, man. Yeah, seems dangerous. Dangerous stuff. Seems dangerous. Dangerous. Uh, I. The thing with with my job, they rarely send me to stuff. I have to choose to go. And a lot of times I have to find my own stuff to go to. Uh, I can think of two stories, neither of them particularly interesting. One uh, traumatic <laughs> for my wife. Um, and one just showing what a lazy person i am my first year i was sent to a training uh to learn um a certain way to teach spelling and phonics and things and after two the first three hours of the training i had learned nothing that i hadn't already learned from just reading the book so i left (laughs) they they sent us to lunch i drove to like a restaurant nearby and I'm sitting there eating a sandwich going, I don't want to go back. I know what's on the agenda. I still am not going to need this information. And I was right out of school. And you knew me in college. I had very little, you know, 
desire to do much of anything uh, actually academic. And so I was just like, I'm just going to go home. And so I drove home. I was in Massachusetts. I drove home, uh, slightly terrified that I was going to be, they were going to find out that I hadn't stayed the whole time and I was going to get fired, but I just couldn't make myself go back. And no one ever knew. I still had the certificate mailed to the, like the certificate got mailed to the school that said I completed the course and nope. Nah. It was fine. That's great. So, what about you? Do do they send you to things? Um, do you go to? They don't really of, send me. To you things. go to symposiums. Yeah, they don't really send me to things these days. Although I could again choose to attend some educational style conferences and things. But I will say, you know, uh, the last few years, of course, everything's been canceled, so there's been no sure. opportunity to do any of that stuff. Um, the closest thing I think to state sponsored shenanigans probably goes back to my time. In grad school, um, at one point, I went to a conference that was being hosted in Montreal, and that was a good time. That was a good time. Um, Much like Jeremy, you know, my PI gave me a food budget, and, you know, uh, after the conference was over for the day, making your way, you know, as a, as a, uh, mid twenties person making your way down to St. Catherine's street, which is sort of their primary commercial hub. Um, but you know, again, this is Canada and, um, you know, it'll be store, store club, store, store club. Uh, Mm. yeah, some shenanigans were had, let's say it was a good time. Yeah, no, uh, there, there was the time that we were sent to some big reading, writing, training, and uh, my wife wound up coming, uh, which, and then when we left, rather than take a cab, the person who was kind of had coordinated it was like, let's walk back to the train station uh, and made us walk through Harlem, <laughs> which was particularly terrible. Uh, and then, you know, my wife's job, there are conferences. We went to Boston probably the year before 2019, the year before the pandemic. Um, and I went just as a plus one. So she went to the workshops and I, you know, kind of just wandered around the general Boston area, uh, met up with Jason Maltov and Chip. They came out to our hotel and we had lunch and chatted with them for a bit and, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm not one for shenanigans, Doc. I've, I've never really been. I've been to one of those clubs that you've mentioned once in my life. And that, that, was, that was it for a puppeteer's 18th birthday mm, mm. or 19th birthday. Either way, whichever birthday it was, we went. Uh, so yeah, I'm not the person to talk to about shenanigans, I'm afraid. Uh, I was never kicked out of one of those clubs like some other people who may or may not have once co-hosted this show. Are you talking about me, DC? I could be. You could be. I don't know. I don't know. I I appreciate that GQ listens and now is sending us feedback on parts of the show. He appreciated that we thought he would be throwing his action figures at the Zambies. (laughs) I think it's 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 a good fit for him. Yeah. Our last email comes from Mrs. Manson, and the heading is Doc Deserves More Praise, so I, of course, will have to read this one. Dear DC, that's me. Can you please share some more praise with Doc? 
Twice this week, he's saved the day. I know being married and all, one might think this comes with the territory, but within the last week, Doc researched and repaired our faulty dishwasher. And this afternoon, he saved a work file I thought I'd lost to the depths of my godforsaken piece of crap work computer. He's a gem, that Doc Manson, and I'm thankful for him in every way. He definitely deserves more praise, even if I probably embarrass him a bit with my email this week. No. He doesn't look embarrassed at all. Deal with it, Doc. You're a lifesaver. Heart emoji with appreciation, Mrs. M. I didn't know you were a dishwasher repairman. Yep. What'd you do? Well, it's been going on and off for a while that she'll go to start the dishwasher and like you press start and it does this countdown thing. And you close the door by the end of the countdown and it starts, right? That's how it's supposed to work. And it's sure. off and on, I don't know, maybe the last six months. Sometimes you'll close the door and it just won't start. It's just like, huh. And so, you know, you'll fiddle with it, open it, start it again, close it. And it's just gotten progressively worse over time to eventually where it just, it was very difficult to get it to start. Um, just sort of looking at it, I figured, um, and you know, I did a little bit of research online with the symptoms, but it sort of looked to me like a faulty door latch of some sort. Okay. One of the big tip-offs was you'd close the door and you could still kind of see that the light was on in there. So, uh, and then so I said, okay. And I went to this part doctor website and I looked up the model of the dishwasher and I found the part and it was like 40 bucks. And I said, okay, I'm just going to buy it. And all I had to do was, you know, slide the dishwasher out from under the cabinet about three inches, unscrew this old, it's because it's, 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 it's a door latch, but like it's a, it's actually a, like a electronics module, you know, there's a couple of power supply pins that go into it. You just have to take the old cables off, unscrew it, take the old thing out, put the new unit in and uh, yeah, put it, swapped it out. Works great. Seems to be going very well. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy, way better than trying to get somebody out here, charge your parts and labor and all that jazz. So sure. Worked out. Look at you. Look at you. Look at you. So proud. I was with you until the whole, you know, heart doctor. I'm handy. You are. All right. Well, thank you to our emailing group. We appreciate you each and every week. Doc Manson, as always, I turn to you and I say, what have you got for me in terms of a piece of positivity that is going to get you through uh, the next few days? DC Matthews, are you familiar with the video game genre that is the visual novel. I like LA noir. No, not really. It's more of a, okay. more of a, then no, no. Yeah. I mean, I guess LA noir is not too far off, but usually it's their smaller games, smaller companies. Um, usually like, you know, 2d graphics, um, where you'll have, you know, characters on the screen, and there'll be dialogue, and maybe occasionally you'll have a dialogue choice that comes up on the screen. So, you know, similar to L.A. Noir in a lot of ways, but I feel like that's maybe like the AAA version of it where everything's sure. 3D rendered and, you know, yep. th- that sort of stuff. A lot of these games... I'm, I, go ahead. I'm presuming, because they're called a visual novel, that there's not a lot. It's it's not an open-world game. There is a 
clear narrative you are progressing through and the dialogue choices that you make may not super affect the outcome. Yeah, depending on the game, sometimes they do super affect the outcome. All depends on how intricate the the developer has chosen to be. But yeah, some of them are very straightforward. It's just a linear narrative and that's all there is to it. Are you familiar with the genre of dating simulators? Only in that I have seen, I think, Markiplier uh, have a video or two about one. I've never watched it, but I know that they exist. Okay, so a lot of dating simulators are visual novels in a way. Um, Usually there's like, you know, this bevy of different characters, beauties, a lot of them. And you'll be making, you'll be reading the story, making choices. You'll be trying to make choices that you think one character will prefer over another to ingratiate yourself to them, develop the story a certain way. And there's a lot of replayability from playing it differently and, you know, maybe better developing a relationship with other characters, etc. So there's a lot of overlap, I feel like, between the two. Um, and that's really interesting. So uh, as you just sort of alluded to, I recently sat down and watched Markiplier play through a game called Doki Doki Literature Club. And I don't know if you're familiar with this game, but it is a visual novel, a dating simulator uh, where, you know, it's very Japanese anime style graphics, these beautiful girls. Um, You're joining this literature club after school club and you're getting to know them and getting closer with them, et cetera, et cetera. And it's, you know, it's very cute and charming and, uh, you know, there's no sexual content in it um, or anything like that, but it's it's just cute and charming and very lighthearted like a lot of those games tend to be. Except, I feel like there's a but coming. Well, it's like that for a couple of hours and then it goes places. Okay. I don't want to spoil it for anybody if they haven't seen this. Um, Ultimately, I thought it was really, really cool. It does a lot with the medium of video games and the storytelling goes all sorts of places. I will say there is, you know, at first glance, again, it's this cutesy dating simulator style thing. There is a reason why the first tag for this game on Steam is psychological horror. Oh, okay. It goes places. It's definitely not for the faint of heart or the easily um, disturbed. There's definitely some mature themes. We're going into it not really knowing anything about it or expecting anything about it. I, I was really, really, really impressed. Like, I didn't even play it, but I, I will say, like, I think this might be one of the greatest video game stories I've ever seen of all time. Wow. Because that is high. Yes, praise. like it really goes places with it. And I really like when pe- when people play with the media that the medium that they're telling their stories in. Um there's this book called House of Leaves 
which is really very interesting, but it plays with the idea of what a book is and how a book conveys information. Like the book itself has like notes in the margins and, you know, things like anyways, it does the equivalent of that for a video game, I would say. And wow, I was just really, really impressed. I found myself on my couch giving my full rapt attention to this game, this playthrough of this game. And wow, I was just really super impressed. And so if anybody here is not familiar with Doki Doki Literature Club, uh, I would say give it a chance because I think I I was really, really impressed. Playing it, watching it, whatever. Um, I would really, really enjoyed it. Excellent. Very good. High praise. Yeah. How about you? As someone who has played as many video games as you to talk about anything being the best or, you know, some of the greatest storytelling, like I, I really that's from someone it. who played stroke. That's from someone who played stroke. I, yeah. Coming from a connoisseur, if you will, <laughs> of stroker. Uh, um, huh, let's see what's been going on this week. No, that's that's taking that's taking pleasure in someone's misfortune. That's not a good thing to talk about. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, a difficult person I work with uh, was escorted out of the building a few days ago, and I've never seen that before. Um, and while I feel for them because it, deep down they are a nice person who just can't help but make the wrong choice. Very much like Mrs. Maisel. Um, have you watched the rest of that I, yet? I have. You finished yeah. the season? Yeah. Did um, she just make a right choice? I don't know, but uh, you know, the, 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 the show ends and my wife goes, I need to learn more about this this Lenny Bruce guy. <laughs> Cause she was like, that was, you know, he seems to really have the right idea. And I was like, Oh, mm. go ahead, go ahead. Read mm. about Lenny Bruce. <laughs> Get back to me. This idealized uh, version of Lenny Bruce, perhaps. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great. You know, great final episode renewed but, for season um, five. Good. The last season one Season five will be oh, the last yeah. season. Yes. So, uh, I will say, like I said, yesterday we were we were in, I'll just say we were in New Hampshire. We were visiting family. I have two adorable uh, nephews. Um, it was nice to see everybody. The freedom, once you, you know, it was weird at first, but, I, and I'll point out this specific thing. I haven't been to a bookstore, like a new bookstore in a long time. We usually go to used bookstores. Walking into a new bookstore and just being like, oh. I mean, you're just walking up and down, just being able to like pull a book down, read the blurb on the inside cover. And of course, being me, I would have happily spent a couple hundred dollars there. But I'm just, you know, kind of surreptitiously writing down the names of the titles in case I can find them at the library. But, uh, you know, just being able to walk up and down, not feel like I needed to have my mask glued to my face. Like there were, there was something nice about that. I don't know if I made the right choice, you know, if I get sick in a week, I kind of brought it on myself, but, uh, it, it was nice to just be able to walk around and check out a new place and feel 
it felt like a normal day and I haven't had a normal day in quite a while. So I'll, so I'll take that. Fair enough. I'll take that. I'll take that. And I hope you take this episode and just enjoy the hell out of it. We went all over the place uh, and I will get to work on an eighties show tournament for next week's episode. You can take that to the bank. Doc Manson. Do you think that for 80s, the th- um, tournament will include cartoons? Ooh. Uh, how far down the rabbit hole do you want to go? <laughs> How long, how long of an episode would you like to record next week? Yeah. Because I could do a 64-team. I could do a 64-team tournament. Although, if I look up the, the Ghostbusters cartoon came out in the 80s, we could just skip right to the yeah, end. Yeah, we probably would just skip to the end. Uh, but, 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 yeah, we could get crazy yeah. with it. Okay, just kidding. Um, but, Yeah. Uh, for the 312th time, Doc Manson, anything else you'd like to say before we head out into that good If night? you'd like to have your thoughts read on the air, send us a message, podcast at ddtwrestling.com. You can listen to our entire back catalog of episodes. Go to your favorite podcast repository, search for DDT Wrestling. You'll find them all there, I guarantee it. And finally, if you like what you've heard, and how could you? Head on over to patreon.com forward slash Wrestling to give just a little bit of financial support to myself, Doc Manson, and of course, DC. It helps us keep the lights on and the podcast train a chug-a-luga-luga-luggin'. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I used to be Durango Canyon, but apparently I'm not anymore. At the DC Matthews. You're still Durango Canyon, Matthews. Okay, you just didn't call me it at all this episode. Well, I just did. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, go have yourself a huge, big old bite of shoe fly pie, everybody. And until we meet again, my friends, won't you be our besties? Shoe fly pie just doesn't sound appetizing. <laughs>